Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Kill Stokes here, Forex Trader, Trading Coach, co-founder of Tier1Trading.com, and of course, host of the Trading Coach Podcast, and welcome back to another episode. In today's episode, I actually want to do a follow-up on our previous episode because I left something out. Um, as you guys know, these podcast episodes, they aren't planned, they aren't scripted. I kind of just hit play on the uh, recording deal. I hit go on the microphone and I just spew out the mouth. And sometimes it makes sense, sometimes it doesn't. Um, But every once in a while, when I go off on a certain rant, I leave out a topic that I wanted to discuss. And one of the topics that I forgot to discuss in last episode, we were talking a little bit about learning from books and learning versus screen time, learning versus coaches, was the little bit on trading psychology. And I'll take you back to, um, if you haven't listened to the last episode, make sure you do that first. It's going to lead up into this one. But if you guys remember, um, just to give you guys a quick review, I were talking about um, how you shouldn't be a slave to your chart. And there was a trader that wrote in, hey, uh, you know, you don't need coaching or books, they're basically pointless. Just spend thousands of hours in screen time. And I brought up the point that screen time is pointless, in my opinion, unless you have directional screen time, meaning that you are practicing something specific that is going to make you better. Because if you're not practicing something that's going to make you better, you will either get worse or just stay the same, or it'll take an extremely long period of time to get better. And in this in this uh, conversation, the trader mentioned that um, books were pointless, and I said there were a lot of good books on trading psychology. And something he said was that scalpers don't need psychology. And then later on in the conversation, he also mentioned that he said, um, "I agree. Ninety nine percent of technical analysis books are wasted." He said, "Psychology is a massive part of profitable trading, but you can work around it." scalp one trade for five pips a day. I notice I left three times almost in every trade, blah, 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 blah. Basically, if you're going to be a scalper, you don't need psychology, trading psychology. And again, that is just wrong. And I think the issue that the trader has is this, right? I think the difference is, and again, the the trader, you know, I don't know the trader from the responses, maybe a little bit of an ego, but a lot of us have a little bit of an ego as a trader. That's that's partially one of the reasons we've become successful at trading is because we're kind of stubborn and whatnot. But the thing that this trader has mistaken is that it's not that trading psychology doesn't matter because they're a scalper. It's the fact that they've mastered trading psychology because guess what? You can't execute a trade without mastering trading psychology, right? If you think about it, because trading psychology is basically emotional discipline. And 
everything we do in life, just as human beings, whether it's trading, whether it's going to the refrigerator and refraining to eat a delicious treat, it's all emotional discipline. So every single second of every single day, every single choice and action and decision that we make in life has to deal with psychology, right? How we choose to handle it. Now, sometimes it's psychology gets the, the better of us, our emotions, we give in to our emotions, we make an emotional decision. Sometimes we have to tell our emotions, no, I'm not gonna give in to you, um, I'm gonna stick to my plan or, or whatever it may be. Either way, it's still trading psychology. So just because this trader doesn't see that there's a need for psychology when you're scalping the markets looking for five pips a day, there's a massive amount of psychology that goes in there because you cannot pull the trigger on entries without right dealing with trading psychology. You guys ever get that heart bumping, hand shaking uh, when it's time to pull, uh, pull the trigger? Yeah, that's trading psychology. The, the fear of putting something at risk when you don't know the outcome taking targets, psychology, or should I say letting the trade run to your targets, psychology, you have to watch the trade run up to whatever your target being, uh, even if it's five pips, you have to allow it to do that. You are fighting off the emotions to take money early because I don't care who you are, that's a normal thing. When we see money, we want to take it. Only the discipline are able to tell ourselves, no, I'm gonna follow the plan and let it, um, let it play out. Same thing with stop losses, right? Our natural emotion is, right, Losing money puts us in pain. So when we're in a painful situation, we want to avoid that pain. And that's why you see people either roll stops back to avoid pain, they, at least they think they're avoiding pain, or take stops out early to kind of end that pain, right? It's all psychology. So it, it does happen in scalping and it happens, I, I, I would say, very frequently. Um, but this brings up the other question. This is something that I've, I've always debated in my head, right? Because initially I was going to say, well, you know, just because I like to argue, it, it, you actually takes more trading psychology to deal with a, a day trading in a scalping position than a swing trader. And I thought about it for a second. And is that actually true? And it, it's, it's interesting because what I've noticed in life, and I think trading has taught me this. We always talk about some of the, the lessons that life teaches us about trading Right, my background of being an athlete has has helped me massively in trading with with discipline, the ability to follow a plan, a process, a playbook, and whatnot. Um, the ability to be coached, to be kind of yelled at, and, and kind of take it. Um, that's all been part of my athletic background that helped me out with that, and that's why we see so many uh, people that are um, ex-military, people that are in like IT, very rules and process driven. They do really, really good at trading because of those reasons. Just it happens to be a, a trait that really carries over very well to trading. But trading tends to have an effect on your life as well. And what I started doing in life is I started doing two things. One. I started balancing risk reward of everything, right? I, for you guys that use TradingView, you know there's a little multicolored indicator, right? That when you when you kind of put on like a projected trade, it shows a big block of red for your risk, a big block of green for your reward, and it gives you all the numbers, right? I think I have like a Terminator eye. When whenever I whenever like whenever something happens in the world, right? My my Terminator eye you know, turns on. I see red and green. And I'm, I'm measuring out risk reward before I make the decision. It's weird. Don't judge me. Some of you guys are doing the same thing, right? So we could be weird together. Um, but seriously. That, that happens in my life with, with various decisions, even stuff like crossing the street where it's like, hmm, I can cross the street during this red light and make it to wherever I'm going to quicker, 
but the risk is that I get hit with a car, hit by a car. Okay, I'm by myself. Maybe I'm more likely to do it. I'm with my kid. I should probably wait, right? Stuff like that on a regular basis. Something else that it's also taught me is that everything in life is a sacrifice, right? Everything in life is a give and a take because trading is the same way. And, and you think about trading psychology being like that as well. If you, if you think about trading psychology on a short-term basis, a scalping or a day trading perspective, right? It's going to be kind of quick little spurts of pain and pleasure, right? Because the trades come quick, the trades don't last too long. So if you're in a pleasurable situation, it's going to be done like that. If you're in a painful situation, it's going to be done like that. However, there may be more frequency, right? There's typically more frequency on the lower time frames and the higher time frames. Not there's typically, there is more frequency on the lower time frames and the higher time frames. So you're going to deal with those psychological battles more often, right? So is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Is it positive? Is it negative? Does it make day trading easier? Does it make it harder? Well, let's look at swing trading from, a, uh, from the same standpoint, right? Swing trading, the frequency is less, right? So you have less trades to take. You're in that painful slash pleasurable situation less because you're not taking as many trades. But when you're in them, it lasts a long period of time, right? In a day trader or a scalping position, right? You're, you're typically out of the market in minutes. So you're dealing with a few minutes of pain. Swing trading on the higher time frames, you may be in it from hours to days, right? If in, I don't know, I don't know about you guys, if you've ever been in a losing position for days, it is not fun, right? Because it's on your mind the entire time. So it doesn't happen as often, but when it does happen, the duration of it um, is a lot longer, which could be very bothersome. And again, the question is, is that better? Is that worse? And thinking about this kind of got me onto the subject of, you know, what is easier for a newer trader to start with, right? And we get this all the time, right? You imagine we work with thousands and thousands of traders from all across the world, and a common question that comes up is, well, what do you think is better as a new trader, a day trader or a swing trader? And, and typically we gear those traders and the, the, the first direction is um, what fits around your lifestyle, right? Your job is not to fit your lifestyle around trading. What fits around your lifestyle? In many cases, you may not be able to be a day trader because you can't dedicate that much consistent screen time to the market on a regular basis. So you have to be a swing trader. Um, but if there is someone who has the opportunity to do both, because many people are business owners in their own right, so they're doing business, but they're not hands-on, right? They're the one, they're the, the owner, so they're managing everyone else. They're just answering the phone and, and telling people to handle stuff for them, right? Isn't it great to be an entrepreneur? Um, it's bad too, but you know, let's, <laughs> let's take pride in that part at least. Um, and I guess, right, when, when Jason Greystone and myself always talk about this, we default and say, we recommend that newer traders start with the higher time frames. And the reason, and again, the, 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 the positive of this, we already talked about the negative, this, the psychological elements are probably worse on the higher time frames because it's gonna sit on your mind. But from a trade execution standpoint, it, it benefits a newer trader because of those same reasons, because you have time, right? Typically, a new trader isn't as stuck into their routine as an experienced trader, right? If you look at me for an example, I've been doing this for so long, my, I do the same routine every single day in the market, 
I am robotic. I can run you through a trade setup in about three seconds of, of, you know, of every single detail of it because I'm so process based. If you kind of rewind time, right? Rewind time. That was a horrible rewind noise. Uh, man, that's bad. Um, I used to be like this, right? Where now it, where it's like this, a good example, right? If price action comes to structure, then I look for RSI to go overbought. If RSI goes overbought, then I look for double top. If I look for double top, then I look for RSI divergence. If I get RSI divergence, then I enter next bar market stops, go one ATR above the highs, targets at a 3D2 retracement from the previous impulse leg, right? Boom, that's a trade right there. Again, about five seconds, right? If I went through that same kind of trade setup in the past, it would have been like this, okay? Look at the paper in back of my, I had everything printed out in the back of my, my single, I had one screen, right? I had one little, I had a laptop and I had one little like desktop screen hooked up to it. So I had all this empty wall space. So I had like printouts of, of my, um, my trading plan in the back of it. So I would look and I'd be like, okay, if price action comes to structure, look at my chart. Whew, structure, structure, structure. I think that's structure. Okay. Look at my notes. All right, major structure is a level that is a major swing point on your higher time frame. Okay, go to my higher time frame. Okay, daily, daily. okay, that's major structure. Okay, okay, got major structure. Whew. Look then, look for RSI to go overbought. All right, RSI, okay, what is overbought again? Overbought 70, no, no, default 80, 20. Okay, we're at the 80 right now. Okay, was that higher time frame or lower time frame trading plan? Okay, we RSI bought needs to be done on the trading time frame. Okay, so my trading time frame. Okay, okay cool, cool, cool. Uh, RSI, right? And, and imagine this for the rest of the entire process that we talked about. It took me a very long time because it was more like I was following directions. It was more like, you know, you cook something for the first time and you're reading the instruction manual, right? Me and my wife... Uh, I think I'm a very good cook. I have my specialties that I go to, but me and my wife did, um, I think it was called HelloFresh, one of those things where they mail you the the, the food and, and you got to make it yourself. And I remember cooking some stuff I've never cooked before. And it was like, and I again, I know my way around the kitchen, but it was like going through an instructions. Okay, cut the meat here. Okay, oven goes on to three. And it, was, it took so long to make the meal because it was that slow step-by-step -step process. But... I had to follow that slow step-by-step -step process because I didn't know it, right? If I were to make that meal and think about your go-to meal every single day or, or, or once a week for years and years and years, right? Imagine how quick it's going to be. You don't even have to measure stuff out. You just, you know, grab a pinch of the salt, throw it in there, boom, right? It's, it's, it's like nothing. So the benefits of a higher time frame, the swing trading time frame, is you have time to go through that, this process, right? Typically, if you're doing a good job of analysis, you're going to analyze, you're going to put your situation, your, your specific trading opportunity, it should be on your radar days in advance, right? I'm not even joking when I say this. If, if you're doing your analysis the correct way, it should be on there days in advance. Maybe not the specifics, but you should have a zone and be like, okay, hey, if we get to that zone, this is what I'm going to look for. That should happen days in advance. And then once we get to that zone, then you obviously go to the next part of it. But the point is, it gives you time to rehearse over and over again. And something that I advise all of our traders do is rehearse your trades, right? Even when price is not at that zone, imagine, okay, draw it a little line. Okay. If we were to get up here, then what do I need? Okay. If I got that, then what do I would need? Rehearse it, rehearse it, rehearse it. And that way you're so much more confident, right? When you do those dress rehearsals, by the time the, the real show starts, boom, you're confident and you can execute it correctly. 
And again, that takes time. And, and the good thing about having that time is you can do this every single day just to make sure you can refer to your trading plan, making sure you're not making any mistakes. If you have a question, go back to it, email a coach, ask someone on the community, right? You can dot all the I's and cross all the T's before you ever take the trade because you have time. On the day trading side of things, you don't necessarily have that time. You have to be on point because everything is sped up, right? Um, again, if you look at a five minute chart, right? 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60, you're getting what? 12 candles per hour, right? So multiply that by four, right? You're getting 48 five minute candles for every one four hour candle. The market is moving that much quicker. So think about how long you have to set up your trading opportunities on the five minute chart. Where on the four hour, you may be able to notice it days in advance. On the five minute chart, it may be minutes in advance. And when you have only minutes, right, you have to go through that rehearsal process a little bit quicker, right? When you rehearse a little bit quicker, what do you think happens? You tend to be a little bit loose. Maybe you make a little bit of a mistake. And all it takes is one mistake we know this. Oh, man, do we know this. All it takes is one mistake to sabotage your trade. And I mean sabotage by two different ways. One, it could be sabotage from a technical reason. I can't tell you how many times I've just put in the wrong order. I'm not even lying. I don't know how many times I've rushed through the process. I see this candlestick. It's, it's 8.30, so news is coming out. It's racing towards my orders. And I'm like, oh, crap. Okay, I'm supposed to sell. And I accidentally put a buy order there. And then I'm sitting back. Whew. Oh. Yeah, okay. Whew. I did it, Akil. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Take a little take a little break, get away from my computer to kind of refresh a little bit. I come back, market's moving down. Oh man, good trade, good trade. I'm in a negative. Oh crap, I bought it. Shoot. Right? I can't tell you how many times I've done that or other stupid mistakes where I, I calculate the ATR wrong, where I, I miss a level of structure on a higher time frame because I forgot to go check it, right? And all these small mistakes add up, right? If you remember my story. The reason I wasn't a successful trader wasn't because I wasn't necessarily good at trading. I like to think I was good at trading. Um, it was because I kept making mistakes. I was making like 20 mistakes a month. And these were small mistakes, but small mistakes add up. When you're sabotaging a trade left and right, you know, I didn't really do much about moving stops back, but taking targets early or, or entering bad trades, entering too early, too late. Um, that adds up and it really hurts your P&L. So you can certainly sabotage yourself from that perspective. You can also sabotage yourself from a psychological perspective, right? Think about this, right? In order to be psychologically grounded in a trade, you, ne you need to have complete confidence in what you're doing. Going back to the swing trading timeframes, when you rehearse over and over and over again, you build confidence, right? Because you're, you're comfortable. It's a process. It's no different from a, a sports athlete at the foul line in basketball, right? Doing the same foul line routine over and over again. It puts them at a comfort zone. It's no different than a baseball player, right? Stepping out the batter's box and undoing their gloves and putting it back on and getting back in and, and tapping the bat twice, right? It's part of their routine. It's no different than a soccer player doing a free kick where they walk back, right? They, they go to a set spot. They go through their mental routine. They, they, they widen their legs. They shrug their shoulders before the free kick, right? It puts them in that comfort zone. When they're in that comfort zone, they're more confident and they're less likely to make a mistake. When you're out of that comfort zone, when you're rushing through things, right? When, when pressure exists, right? When especially time pressure, right? <laughs> um, 
you tend to get out of that comfort zone. You tend to make mistakes and you tend to be a little bit uneasy. You tend to be less confident with what you're doing. So even if you do the right thing, you may second guess yourself. Hey, did I really, did I, did I check, did I do that? And again, once again, when that live money is at risk and that P&L is bouncing up and down all over the place, right? That little bit of a, a crack in your armor, that little bit of a second guess can cause you to make a mistake. I can't tell you how many emails I've gotten where traders are in a trade and like, hey, Kale, I entered this trade and, I, and I just, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm doing the right thing. And I'm like, well, you know, go back to your trading plan. What did your trading plan say? And they're like, well, it said this and this and this. Well, what'd you do on the chart? I did this and this and this. Okay, you're doing the right thing. Okay, thank God, thank God. Sometimes it's that simple, but you don't realize it when you're in that state of de-stress instead of just stress. And sometimes you make a mistake. So I think if I had to choose one, right, I think the psychological component is maybe a little bit easier on day trading, lower time frame trading, just because it doesn't last as long. But I think the technical aspect is a little bit harder. You have to be sharper. You have to be on point. And if you're not, then that psychological element is going to get increased. I think the psychological element initially on the swing trading time frame maybe is harder because of the, du the duration of the trade. It sits with you longer and that's a very hard thing for traders to deal with. However, if you rehearse and you put yourself in the right trade state, you can put yourself in a position where you lessen that psychological blow because of the confidence that you have in the market. So you see, it's a tough dilemma. I think at the end of the day, what matters is that you put yourself in the right trade state. And maybe that means starting on a higher time frame, rehearsing, and then once you feel comfortable and working your way down to the lower time frames, that's the route that I took. I was a swing trader for many years and I kind of ventured into, into day trading once I was already experienced and, and the, um, the transition wasn't as rough. But at the end of the day, it comes down to trusting yourself, trusting your plan, putting yourself in a situation where you can manage your trading psychology because we're never going to get rid of it, right? Despite what the trader said earlier, it's never going to not play a part. It's always going to play a part. It's always going to play the biggest part. But we have complete control over it. We call the shots when it comes to allowing our trading, our psychology, our emotions to cause reactions. And if we say no, and more importantly, if we do what's needed to put ourselves in the position where it's easier to say no, we've gained control of it and it's not really an issue anymore.